Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be talking about two very awesome subjects. First, we're going to talk about a little announcement that uh, came up, uh, what, just last week, I think. And then we're going to talk about Forces of Destiny Season 2. So... Just get, let's get this started. Tom, why don't you tell us uh, what happened last week? Okay, well, um, there was a little bit of an announcement about some kind of show that's going to be coming to, I think, Disney Channel first and then going to Disney XD. Um, you know, I have a feeling it has something to do with, I think it's Star Wars? It's the show. Oh, well, it, I mean, it, we don't, it, we're it, not a Star Wars podcast, Tom. Why would we talk about that? That's a good point. But I think it's a show that we've all been waiting for. That's what William was about yeah. ready to say. Um, I mean, we knew it had they, to be. We knew it. We knew it was on the way, right? When, when, yeah, when, as it, soon as they, as soon as Rebels ended, we knew there was going to be another show. And I think we were speculating it would happen in, you know, April or May. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, the new announcement of a brand new television series coming this fall. And Stephen, I think the show is right up your alley. It's pretty darn close. Star Wars Resistance. Mm-hmm. Which sounds now, like this... one of the board games, uh, but it's not. It does, <laughs> it does sound like a board game, which I'd also be okay with. But that's not which what is we're a lot of fun. But no. but no, this is a, a, a series all about Kazuda Ziono, a young pilot recruited by the Resistance and tasked with a top secret mission to spy on the growing First Order. And it sounds to me like basically kind of, I don't know, Rogue Squadron, Wraith Squadron type of series. Yeah, that I, I think, Stephen, is right up your alley. If that's what it actually ends up being, I will be in heaven. That's perfect. That is, that's the impression I get. I mean, you know, when talking about the creation of the series, Dave Filoni said, the idea for Star Wars Resistance came out of his interest in World War II aircraft and fighter pilots. His grandfather was a pilot, and his uncle flew and restored planes, so it was a huge influence on him. And there's this long history of high-speed racing in Star Wars, and they, they've tried to capture that excitement in an anime-inspired style, which is something the entire team has been wanting to do for a long time. So it really seems to blend Filoni's background with his family and his anime past right, mm-hmm. with, um, yeah. with Star Wars and fighter pilots. But you can also say, to a certain extent, it kind of blends with what Luke has had originally because he did get some inspiration from fighters of World War II. And also, if you take a look at the um, uh, Last Jedi, that whole bombing sequence when it came to the First Order Dreadnought, that was also inspired by uh, B-17s with fighter cover. So this kind of theme has been present within Star Wars, and it's finally nice to see it come to the forefront in an episode like this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. What, Steven? No, go ahead. So yeah, if this series really is like a, a rogue squadron or wraith squadron uh, type of type of series, oh man, I, this has so much potential, and it's uh, it's actually um, 
they, they, they have announced the cast. They haven't said who's playing, uh, you know, who each character or each actor is playing yet. But we do know that in addition to the main cast, which we'll cover in just a second, BB-8 will be in the series along with Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron and Gwendolyn Christie reprising her role as Captain Phasma. So uh, that is fantastic. That's fantastic. And hopefully we get a better backstory about Captain Phasma than the book. I am sorry. I had to go there. Do you think in this case, would we see Cardinal as well? Uh Cardinal, I could see potentially, yeah. Cardinal uh, could show up here for sure. Because I mean, I'm assuming, you know, this is obviously set before The Force Awakens. And so there's a lot of potential yep. here for who we could be seeing. Um, I suspect Captain Phasma is going to be the big antagonist. And, um, but I, I mean, also, I don't know. Like, they, they're Gwendolyn Christie and, and Oscar Isaac are very busy actors as well. So they might be there in a more limited capacity. Uh, just showing up every few episodes or, or something. Um, mm. But but the rest of the cast is, uh, we've got Christopher Sean uh, from Days of Our Lives, and I suspect he might be uh, Kazuda, because he was, he, was, he was billed first uh, in, in the cast list, but who knows? They haven't announced any of that stuff yet. Uh, Susie McGrath from EastEnders, Scott Lawrence from Legion, uh, Myrna Velasco from uh, Elena of Avalon, Josh Brenner from Silicon Valley, Donald Faison from Scrubs, Bobby Moynihan. I, I do want to say I'm really happy mm-hmm. to see Donald Faison back on uh, an animated series because if you remember, he was originally scheduled to be on uh, Star Wars Detours. Right, I forgot about that. Oh, wow, it's interesting. Yeah. One of those things I, you know, I always really loved him in Scrubs, and I was like, oh, this will be great to see him in Star Wars Detours, and then obviously that show didn't happen. Yeah. Um, Wow, you're right. Yeah, and well, he's also been showing up at a lot of the different events lately. Like he crashed the series finale screening Q and A. Yeah, uh, boy, so did that he exp- ever. That explains his his presence in all in all of these. Um, let's see who else we've got. Uh, Bobby Monahan from Ducktales uh, and SNL. Jim Rash from Community, and Rachel uh, Batera from Tammy's Tiny Tea Time. So uh, it's got a, a, a what looks like a great cast, and of course, all of the folks from rebels are and the clone wars are working on it again uh, obviously dave filoni is the creator and then uh, executive producers athena portello justin ridge and newcomer brandon Amon, and uh, amy beth christensen running art direction and i'm sure joe joel aaron and uh you know kevin kiner and everyone else will be involved as well but they were not you know listed in the announcement but um yeah very exciting 22 minute episodes uh, as we'd expect but you never know when they announce a new a new series and um it'll be uh premiering this fall i think as you said tom starting with disney channel and then uh, all the episodes will repeat on disney xd so this means that everyone or more many 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 more people will be able to watch the series so hopefully that will help as well that's mm. a good thing for sure i'm excited i think the the big the big uh, interesting question right now is the art style. They've announced it's anime-inspired. What exactly that means is um, is you know not clear though. Um, Especially you know, how they're going to pull it guys... off within a net. To pulling that off within a CG environment, could it be almost like uh, if you guys watch Voltron on um, Netflix? That to me is almost like an anime hmm. style. Do you guys remember uh, there was a fan video that came out that was like a anime inspired TIE fighter series? Yes. Wasn't that that the series? I think that debuted right around, was it the Clone Wars? And everyone was thinking 
that that was going to be the uh, the the show they were going to announce, right? And they ended up announcing Clone Wars instead. Or was it Rebels? It was uh, Rebels. No, I there, I mean, there, I there was one series right a, when an official thing. Uh, okay. But I think it was. I, I yeah, I do remember the series. I, I, I never watched it, but uh, all I do remember is that there was a there was another series of about, about pilots set after Return of the Jedi that debuted right or I think it was I think it was Rebels right around the time mm. right before Rebels was announced and everyone was was assuming that maybe Rebels would be uh, or the next show would be a a a show about you know mm-hmm. X-wings and and tie fighters and stuff so sounds really cool to a certain extent you're getting that with this but it's more first order yeah so yeah exactly I mean so far we've only seen uh, an image of BB-8 and an X-wing you know next to the the series logo so um you know, we don't really know much about what okay, it's now look was, like. Okay, now was that really an X-Wing? Because it looked like the front of it had extra extra um, fins. Could be one of the Snoop X-Wings, you know, that... Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, okay. Blank out his name. Who was well, the, who's the guy who was in uh, The Kid from uh, Snap? Aftermath? Snap Wexley? Yes. Yeah. Snap okay. flies uh, one of those out to uh, Starkiller Base. Yeah. Okay, and I, we, we, there's a lot of potential too to see all the other pilots that we see in Force Awakens and Last Jedi as well possibly show up. So, very absolutely, cool. I'm excited. Lots and lots of potential here. I I'll be honest, I'm not personally, I'm not as big of a. I don't. I pretend to prefer more of like the Clone Wars style of animation than like anime than uh, anime. Um, but as long as they don't go like too too far down the anime direction I, I think they can strike a nice balance maybe like the Gendy Tarkovsky series which mm-hmm. was definitely inspired by that but yeah. yeah I'm I'm not super worried like Avatar the Last Airbender is one of my favorite series and uh you know that was obviously done by Dave Filoni and kind of has that anime-esque style to it as well so it's it's tough to say how far they're going to go based on that single image we've gotten thus far but mm-hmm. exactly I'm excited though but about the only thing you can say is have your trust in Dave. Look at look at what mm-hmm. he's given us for the oh, past they do two such shows. A great job. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Such a great so, if nothing I, else, he's earned the ability for us to wait and see one episode. Yeah. More I, than one I don't episode. I'm we'll so excited for the show. I, I have to say, very excited. I cannot wait. Um I it, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Uh, yep, but but, yeah. but but before it debuts, we have a new Star Wars movie and wow, we are three weeks away from another Star Wars movie, guys. How cool That's, is uh, that? That's kind of crazy. Yeah. And tickets are now on sale. Did you get your tickets yet? Uh, I may still. Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. Have you guys seen that supposedly it's tracking better than Black Panther pre, uh, preseason ticket yes. sales? Yeah. Is it's, that true? It, uh, that, I that's did what, see that's that, what but I don't know how much stock I put in that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I, know how much. I mean, did Black Panther bake, break? I can't talk. Did Black Panther. Deep breath. It's okay. Did Black Panther break any uh, preseason pre-sale? Well, I'm whatever. It's you a, know what I mean. Did yeah, it break records what is what I'm trying to ask. Yeah, was it more of a hit after it came out, or did it? Was it? You know, you know I, I don't. I don't I, actually remember. I'm I think it was. It it definitely was a big hit. Period. It seemed like it was a big hit that just kept going and going, going and going after it came out. I'm not sure about the pre-ticket sales. Yeah. But, but either way, they're expecting it to be one of the biggest movies of the year. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, Avengers Infinity yeah. War is massive right now. 
but they expect Solo Star Wars Story to be right, maybe not ahead of it, but right up there with it. So once again, Disney will be owning the box office. As uh, they have been for how many years now? I know. <laughs> and uh, they, for those That's of you scary. who haven't uh, seen the clip, there's a, a couple new trailers and a clip of uh, Han and Chewie on the Falcon as well. It's about, I don't know, a minute or so from the film. It's probably the longest glimpse we've seen of it yet. And uh, it was really cool. I liked it. I liked it a lot. And I'm looking I actually liked the, the tour uh, Donald Glover did of the Millennium Falcon. I thought that was oh, pretty cool. With his cape room? <laughs> yes, with his cape room. Which, it's fascinating. I'm reading, as all three of us are, we're reading the solo book that just came out. And he even goes into his cape room yeah. where I'm at right now, which I found very funny. There's a really funny scene where it's like Lando's like, okay, I need to go meet someone. Let's let's go to the closet. Let's okay. Let's see. Do I want to go light purple or dark purple? Now mm-hmm. I don't think that's gonna go well with my other shirts. Yeah, it's just I loved ridiculous. his internal monologue as he's getting dressed. It's hilarious. The, yeah, the internal monologue is just absurd. Yeah. Well, I, I think and not spoiler alert, but not on uh, not with this. One. Anyway, when they're trying to break, when he's trying to get Han and Chewie and the guys out of the um the prison section, and before he gets he leaves the Falcon or the ship that they're on. He goes and grabs a red cape. Nice. Sounds nice. like Lando. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, uh, can't wait for Solo, a Star Wars story. And we will have our review up very soon. So stay tuned. But now uh, there, there was that. That's well, I mean, it's our it's the off season for the animated series. But there's so much happening with uh, the films and the books and um right now if you haven't been watching it forces of destiny has now released um i think 16 episodes uh part one was released on march 25th and part two was released on may 4th uh, of this, their second season and um so we want to uh, go through and, and and review briefly these uh, animated shorts they're about if you haven't seen them about two to three minutes long each mm-hmm. and uh kind of touch you know, touch base with a lot of different characters um, that we know and love across the entire saga. And uh, they're kind of, they're, they're a lot of fun. They're, they're not, I mean, the, I think the problem with the, the problem is that you, you can't go into as much detail uh, with a short two minute episode as you can with like a 22 minute episode or a two hour and 20 minute movie. Uh, and mm-hmm. so I think the things that feel the most Star Wars tend to have time. We've talked about this in the past uh, before they, Star Wars often likes to linger on things and have, you know, set the, uh, you know, g- give you these grand vistas or, or kind of set the stage a bit more. And, uh, the less time you have, the harder it is to do that. And so I think yep. just, just due to the amount of time the episodes are given, they have to stay very high level and, uh, they don't really get much time to, mm-hmm. um, like linger on things and which kind of takes away a little bit of that star Wars feel, but they still do a really good job. Um, Steven, what what did you think of the uh, the episodes? I thought they were good. Like like I said, it's kind of tough when you're given so little time. And so I think the way to restate what you just said, but in my own way, uh, <laughs> it's it's almost like they're they're always just a little too on the nose. Um, you know, like each one kind mm. of feels like it's trying to tell give a moral almost in some way. But because it, you know you've only got two minutes, it's always just very very heavy on that mm-hmm. like well okay especially I'm, I'm sorry especially the first one that we're going to talk about i thought was a little too heavy on the moral yeah yeah Is this the one oh. hasty oh. departure I, okay hasty, hasty departure okay 
I mean, anytime Sabine is in an episode, especially with Hera and Chopper, I like the episode. But when when they the whole premise is they're trying to escape an imperial facility. They're trying, and as they're escaping, they're taking a shuttle that's got, I think, medical uh, medical supplies in it. And they see the shuttle. They run up to it. They jump into it after they claim choppers in the shuttle, and they take off. And this big barrier that was behind the shuttle lifts up, and there is another shuttle. And uh oh, there's chopper out of that shuttle. <laughs> okay, I mean, yep. sure, it's stuff happens. Hey, great, you jump into the wrong shuttle, and you know, hilarity happens and they end up getting on the right shuttle, leaving five poor stormtroopers to go down with the wrong shuttle. But then Sabine sits there and goes, I'm sorry, I made the wrong judgment because I was too quick to say this was the right one. That was too it's a, late. It's a, yeah, it's just, and I feel bad because it's, you've got two minutes. That's not enough time to like I, and I totally dive agree. into things. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there's barely there's certainly time. some where it's like, oh, yeah. we could have been a little less subtle here. Yeah. Or a little and, more subtle. Excuse me. Yeah. And, and you feel sorry for those five stormtroopers who are just like plummeting to their deaths in the transport because you see okay, them. All Tom, of a sudden, they go. Tom, do you well, feel okay, sorry for the five stormtroopers? Well, they probably bailed out at some point, you know? Exactly. No, I don't. Really. But <laughs> anyway, um, if there was uh, womp rats in there with them, I would understand. But in this case, that that little moral of the story at the end was just a little too heavy. Yeah, I, but that's, other, that's okay. It's it's hard. I don't know. I I, yeah, I don't know is. how you and, actually make that. I don't know how you get a deeper story without more time. Mm-hmm. Really, and, and and you have to give you have to give Lucas Animation credit for doing well, the because this is a very hard thing to do and depending on who's writing these things they're giving folks an opportunity to actually put some writing skills to the test and giving them a really tough uh, assignment to pull off and they're very entertaining and they're pulled off yeah so nicole you've got du- to give them credit yeah nicole dubuck has got a gr- great job writing these she also wrote yes. um through imperial eyes and inside man and harris heroes in rebels so she has you know an impressive list of uh, of credits from 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 rebels some of our our favorite episodes uh, mm-hmm. for those yeah. um but i also liked how there there are a few episodes where we get behind the scenes details i think when they try to tell the lesson it's a little harder but when they explain how yes. something happened those are my favorites like mm-hmm. um yeah it definitely works better like for example there's uh bounty hunted where we get to see maz kanada team up with leia chewy and r2 uh, mm-hmm. to try to figure out how to free han from jabba and it, it shows us how Leia gets her, um, you know, bounty hunter bush uh, armor, which was kind of fun. Or um, last season, we find out how Leia gets, you know, her um, uh, her her robes, her new clothes from the from the Ewoks. But other mm-hmm. times, they go into even more detail. Like uh, two of my favorites, I think, uh, unexpected company, and this one I like uh, a disarming lesson. And so let, let's 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 talk about the. F- unexpected company to to start mm-hmm. with this yeah. um i i thought it was great because you know ahsoka uh, anakin's worked hard to get some alone time with padme and all of a sudden ahsoka runs up apologize for being late and saying obi-wan told her to help out and uh <laughs> kinda, uh, i can just yeah, imagine obi-wan. obi-wan just being like oh can't wait for this <laughs> um but uh but but in it we learn that Ahsoka actually knows about what's going on with Anakin and Padme and stays quiet about it. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's the part I loved about this. Yeah, I really did. Well, and actually, the other thing I really appreciated is this is I'm I'm pretty sure is older Ahsoka. Uh huh. So yep. like, this isn't an Ahsoka that is uh kind of young and naive. Like she knows she, what's going think, on. Yeah, she knows. Oh, yeah. It's not that she, yeah. she knows what's going on. She understands the consequences. Yes, of it exactly. And what it means, and still chooses to you know stick by her uh, silence. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, it says I, a lot for, I think, it's one of those things. Like, this is what the Clone Wars was so good about, is letting us see the relationship between these characters. And this was just a microcosm of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the, 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 just the little look she gives Padme at the end, like, oh, I know. And the, she kind of hints at it. And Padme just says, thank you. And, like, you know, mm-hmm. leaves it at that. It was just, it was very well done. Uh, yeah. we even, they even tied in and show, like, the, the ship they're flying is the same one that Ahsoka flies at the end of, at the end of Rebels in the series finale. Yep. Yeah, I like so, that detail. Yeah, that, that was a that was a great one. And then of course, a disarming lesson as well, which is the 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 last episode where we get to see Ahsoka training Ezra. That was a good one. Yeah. That was a good one because it's she basically was trying to tell him, "Look, you cannot always depend on your lightsaber. You have to find a different way of fighting." Now, I found it fascinating she just basically took the crystal and threw it. But it was fascinating to see him get so angry about it. Then the calmness of him to figure out a way to dodge every one of her lightsaber moves and get him to where his crystal was where he could just pop it right back in his lightsaber. And what I liked about it, it was his first lightsaber he built. Mm -hmm. The one that was the combination of the gun and the lightsaber. Yeah, I think this episode is set... Um, probably just after the beginning of season two, uh, mm-hmm. because he still has his blueberry haircut and his lightsaber blaster, and I just love the dynamic between Ahsoka and and, and Ezra and how she, you know, uh, tries to teach him the lesson that you know the lightsaber isn't what makes you strong. It's it's you the you know the lightsaber just helps you out, um, mm-hmm. and and the way she kind of comes at him is just it's just really really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom, did you have a favorite episode in this season? I would have to say for me, this would have to be on the unexpected company. Yeah. Because it, it, it was a definite tie in to the clone wars. And you felt when you walked away from that, that like we agreed, Ahsoka knew what was going on and she did keep it secret. And you could also kind of tie that into maybe her decisions going forward of why she left the Jedi Order, why she did what she did, that type of stuff. Exactly. So, yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. Yeah, I I liked it a lot. Yeah, I have to say I actually had a sweet spot or a, is that is that the right word? Sweet I don't know. Could I'm, be. My brain is just fuddled and I'm very sorry. Uh, but art history, which is where Sabine and her brother are kind of mm, on Mandalore yes. and come across a statue. Uh, my initial take on it was like, I'm like, eh, this, this feels kind of weird. And then I realized that like this actually works really well. It's giving some insight into kind of Sabine's love of art and what it means. Is You can imagine a very young Sabine seeing this beautiful sculpture on Mandalore and kind of inspiring her to go and you know, become the painter that she becomes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, so just and I, one of those ones that just gave a nice little bit of backstory and kind of context to a character that we already know and love. Yeah, I like that one too. And at first, I was the same way. I was like, "Oh, that's why does she care so much." I'm like, wait, yeah, she loves art. Of course, that would mm. mean a lot to her. And it was also fun to see more of her brother Tristan. Um, yeah. I, and, now for the pla- for the placement of this one, yeah, was this 
after um, she comes back. This had to have been after she comes back to Mandalore. And she uh, basically liberates Mand- Mandalore. It has to be at some point in that. That's the impression I got. Yeah. 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 That, that's the impression I got, too. And the other thing I found interesting, because it took me a second to catch this. I'll probably go back and watch it again. But is when after they got the scaffolding and the stormtroopers off the statue, I think it was Tristan said, was the statue smiling? and i it was weird because it took me it took me a second to to rationalize that because it was so quick and then it goes back to the actual shot of the statue where there wasn't i think they actually did make the statue smile i think it was well i don't know i i I need to go back and rewatch it too what i the way i interpret that 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 was just you know art art can be interpreted different ways and it might have not looked you know it was kind of a smile before all of a sudden when you you free him it looks like he's happier. I don't know. Like it, it, I don't think it actually changed like some magical statue, but, uh, well, you can do anything with a background and a cutaway. Exactly. I mean, yeah. yeah. But, um, but, but yeah, one of my favorites actually was the path ahead. So in addition to the two Ahsoka episodes, the path ahead featured, uh, now, now most, this was a kind of a departure from, I think most of the episodes, but this one actually f- featured Yoda on the swaps of Dagobah training Luke and yeah. had Mark Hamill yeah. reprising his role. I That's that made I me lo- so happy. Love that and part. Hearing Mark Hamill's voice is just it's all I need in a good day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the interaction between Mar- uh, Luke and Yoda period within this brought you back to Empire Strikes Back. Oh, that was the coolest thing. Totally on top like of the whole training thing. So it was old school. Mm-hmm. Even though you could tell the voice of Mark Hamill was not as young as he was then. Yeah. It was still Mark Hamill. I mean, but but that that's the thing. It was still Mark Hamill. It is, yeah. And it, it's actually funny because when you watch The Last Jedi, you don't really... I mean, obviously, the actors have aged, you know. Uh, yeah. It's been 40 years. Um, but you don't really think about it when you see The Last Jedi because you're, you're looking at him and he's older and it makes sense. And then when he right. voices a, a younger version of himself in animated form... That's kind of when it hits you, like, oh, I mean, he looks mm-hmm. young, but I could definitely hear he's older. But, but the fact that he was re- playing Luke again at all is just so perfect, and so yeah, you, you can you can Absolutely. obviously f- totally forgive that. Um, I do have to wonder though, based on this, uh, I know we, we were before Resistance was announced, we were speculating. Well, I wonder if they would there be some sort of like Jedi Academy animated series where. We'd um, learn about Luke training his apprentices, and Mark Hamill could come in and voice Luke. Do you think we'd still get that, or or does even even if uh, Mark Hamill's a a lot older? Because I don't think it ever occurred to us before. Like, oh, it's 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 you know voiceover. You can do I, anything. I don't. I don't. I don't it think it would be an me. issue. Yeah. 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 I, to a certain extent, I mean, Mark Hamill's Mark Hamill. To, you know, like, to on. a certain extent, when you go to. Um, Traps and Tribulations, the later episode that had Luke come, uh, Mark Hamill come back and reprise Luke, there was a part of me that would have loved to have that would have been Leia to where it was Luke and Leia in that episode. And yeah. it, actually, it would have been um, Carrie Fisher. Yeah, I know yeah, she would have nice. been older. I know there was no way she would sound like Leia of old. But to have the two of them pair up like that would have been outstanding. It would have. It would have. Yeah. I like that episode you know. as well because it they're, uh, they were trying to uh, help some Ewoks uh, set these traps to stop a rampaging Gorax. And, well, I think the, you know, the, the specifics of the episode itself were less 
interesting necessarily. There wasn't a big big plot or didn't really explain a whole lot. They were just trying to take down the, this Gorax with their, um, you know, the Ewok traps. Um, what I liked was actually seeing the Gorax again. You know, we haven't seen the Gorax since in, in a long time. I think it was first introduced in Caravan of Courage, an Ewok adventure, the old, old, old made-for-TV movie. So what you're so, saying, William, is no one's seen the Gorax. Probably not. But and, um, and as I was going to ask, so does that make the old Ewok adventure now canon? It makes the Gorax canon. Ah, uh, good point. That's true. It makes the Gorax canon. Yeah, but that's actually one of the Almost things I, like I liked. Almost sounds like Gorax from uh, Doctor Seuss. That's true. Uh, yeah. But that was kind of fun, and I think that's one of the things I liked about the season as well as they're they're bringing back these these um, these these creatures that we you know might have seen briefly in the movie, but don't get much time with another one of those is monster misunderstanding um where uh the 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 sando aqua monster attacks the docks of naboo and queen amidala uh has to go uh you know help the sando aqua monster uh they 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 don't know why it's attacking them and they realize that you know it's just trying to rescue its babies uh they're captured by some poachers but i love the 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 introduction of the the sando reintroduction of the sando aqua monster that's the the big mm-hmm. lizard like uh creature from uh you know the planet core and the phantom menace mm-hmm. um yep you know oh goober fish you know like all that kind of stuff uh you know you know not, that's not the goober fish but you know you get the idea um gotta you know perfect excuse see to this was voice. this was the other one that where it was the uh, moral of the story was just a little too heavy. Yeah. I liked it, but this was one in which it was just that, that little, because here's the security guys, you know, basically shooting at the monster to try and get it away. And the guy at the end goes, sorry, you know, sorry, princess, but we didn't, we didn't realize that we should have dug a little deeper to figure out what the issue was instead yeah. of trying to frighten it away. You're right. It was, you know? it was totally on, on the nose. Um, yeah. I think the only thing I liked about it is I have a soft spot for the Sando Aqua Monster because <laughs> a long time ago, <laughs> this is silly, a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away, um, when I was very young, I had a, a a little action figure of the Sando Aqua Monster that a friend and I would play with whenever we played Star Wars figures, and we like nicknamed uh. it Buddy. And so I like texted our friend is like, "Hey, look, it's Buddy." <laughs> oh, jeez, Zach. That oh, a lot, William. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So that's the only reason why. Uh, the primary reason why I thought the Sand Aqua Monster one was fun. The funny thing is, like, I, now I can't get Will Ferrell out of my head because he played Buddy the that's Elf true. and yes, the yeah. Sand Aqua Monster. Yeah. But now I you don't call even know Buddy. how we Jeez. came up with the name. But yeah, that was that's too a long funny. time ago. What almost twenty Way years funny. ago, probably. Really? Oh man, long oh, time ago. Man, too funny. Yeah. Um, let's see what else we, we had, uh, uh, two episodes with Finn. Uh, the first one had Finn and Rose, uh, in shuttle shock. Um, as they approach Canto bright bite, they basically run into a group of psychedelic jellyfish and have that to was interesting. That was very this, interesting. I could have done without this one. Yeah. I'd have to agree with that one. Um, it was, you know what? It, it's hard to explain this one. It it's, really, uh, I'll, and I'll actually try to explain it. Like we got the weird space whales in uh, Rebels as well. The difference but is that we had a payoff. Well, it had a well, not for a long time even. Yeah, but the, but yeah, it's it's a lot easier to swallow something like that when there's a lot more time to introduce it and kind of right. address it. And we did not get that here. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's yeah. again just one of the limitations of the short time format, like you were saying, Stephen, where. 
there's like three categories of episodes i feel like there's there's like filling in a little detail um there's teaching a lesson or mm. there's just they're on a in between you know scenes in one of the movies or in between movies something happens to them and they escape right yeah it's, and it's that's usually how one this of those one three. felt yeah it felt like the la- the last case which yeah. i think is the least interesting um yeah. unless they 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 do it they do it well but i i loved seeing uh john boyega playing finn in the episode okay i had a hard time distinguishing if that was him or not so i guess it, that was well that, it was him that, in the I, first I, one what it was him in it was him in shuttle shock but i'm pretty positive that was not him in perilous pursuit in the second half of the season um this one yeah, was one, one of them did not sound right exactly yeah. yeah this was the one with the snow speeder chase on star killer base it was basically the okay. deleted scene from the force right. awakens right um and in that one we had star uh finn and, and ray and ray was, obviously was played by daisy ridley but Finn did not sound like John Boyega at all. I wonder what happened you, to him. I don't know, but the coolest thing about that Perilous Pursuit one, the payoff in that one was the actual Lego set that you that they promoted for um, uh, The Force Awakens that mm-hmm. never made it in the actual series. They put it in the animated, in this little animated short, so there was a payoff. Because I'm like, hey, that's the Lego set Eric has. That's pretty cool. So it got to be used. Yeah, I did. They did, and, it, yeah, and that was yeah. you know that was previously deleted scene, so it was kind of fun to see yeah. the animated version of it. And and I guess when you what you can say when it comes to these, that is the coolest thing about it is for something like this that was a deleted scene, it was deleted, but they were able to still tell the quote unquote story this way to kind of make it canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So exactly. So that's fun. And then then we've got we got to go this way. Might as well group them together. We had Porgs appear. <laughs> we had two episodes of Porgs. We had so. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 well, okay. Okay. Well. Well. The question is: Do you want to start with Porgs in season two, or go to Porgs problems from season? Well, the the second part of season. I, first I part. want to talk about Porgs from season two. Okay. Okay. Good. Because that there makes is, sense. That I, makes sense. So. There's this weird disconnect <laughs> between Porgs as we see them in The Last Jedi yes. and Porgs in all other media. Yes. <laughs> Porgs in The Last Jedi are, first of all, just kind of funny little creatures that are running around and, you know, look cute. Uh, but more importantly, they're food for Chewbacca. Porgs so... are friends and not food. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. I had to do that. So, and I, like... <sighs> I know. I sent a picture of there's the Porgs Chewie in the Porgs book, yes, uh, and there's and there's like the final page or something is like and then Chewie and the Porgs went to have some fun together, and I'm like this page is a very different context if you've seen the Last Jedi, <laughs> and this is like the same kind of thing. It's like oh Chewbacca's going for like working well, with the Porgs. Chewbacca yeah, has fun and ends. they were together, I mean, but <laughs> yeah, but but okay, so let let's deal with Porgs first, okay, Porgs. They get into Millennium Falcon and they take blue wiring. Okay. And they take the blue wiring and take it to the nest. And here's Chewie like, you just took a piece of the Falcon out. How are we going to fly this thing with it? So he goes to the nest to retrieve it. And what does he find in there? Baby porgs. So this is now pulling at your heartstrings. Okay. How's he going to end up getting back this blue wiring from a mom and dad porg? 
with two baby pork, not two baby, a bunch of baby, baby porks. And then come to realize that somehow this blue wiring is, is somehow connected to this blue thing on a tree on a hill that the mom and dad pork are not strong enough to fly against to go uh, a, a big gust of wind to go get the stuff from the tree. And who's got to go do it? Chewy. Yeah. You you grew up, you bring up a great point though, Stephen, about um about the the differences between porgs in the film and and everywhere else, um, and, and it's interesting. I think it's just due to the the fact that people think porgs are cute, and so they want to have cute stories with porgs, and it's not exactly what we see in the movies. But no. aside, they're 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 in the Falcon, you know, like on crate, for example, uh, and they're they're getting in the way. They're making nests. They're making nests, but that's. And Chub- but you know they're mostly their interaction mostly with Chewbacca is just him growling at them and pushing maybe trying to eat them and pushing them out of the way <laughs> so he can get to and, the and not only that remember he smacked one against the window exactly just yeah. bam so yeah. I I guess in this case when you look at the the animation storylines we're trying to tell they are trying to make them cute and cuddly because it's animation yeah. so they are trying to separate the two from the actual film where they are food. In animation, which they are cute and friendly. Yeah, I think pork problems though did a better job uh, staying true to the the film version of the pork. Yes, um, yes. Because in that one, they basically run up and grab Ray's lightsaber, which we see them doing in the Last Jedi, and and they get away with it too. And they get, they, they do they they almost run away, and at the last minute, you know, they they start to like fall off this cliff. And Ray saves one at the last minute and uses the force to kind of levitate the poor okay, no, back to her. Did they fall off or did they jump off to go? I think, I think they jumped off. And as he was jumping off, she stopped him in midair and used the force to bring him back and take yeah, the lights flying. Yeah. 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 And you're then, right, then right, they right. all come up at the end going, me too, me too, me too. They all wanted to experience that to where they're sitting there flying and she's holding them and pulling them back. Which is the one part that went a little bit further than I think the films. Yeah. Because don't, we don't know how intelligent the Porgs are and uh, I think that they're mostly just not that They're there for cuteness. The yeah, exactly. Yes. And food. But it was, a, you know, it, was a, it was an interesting one for sure and everybody loves Porgs. So, yeah. you know. Well, I was hoping when they were banging on the lightsaber again, they did ignite it. That's right. They did ignite it in this yeah. one. Bummer it didn't hit one, though. I, You know, Tom, Tom. as much as we want it, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, Especially not in happen. Forces of Destiny. No. Especially not in Forces of Destiny. No. Okay. Oh, the the one thing that I do find fascinating, we do get to see Jin again, though. I mean, they had one yeah. episode with Jin. Mm-hmm. I keep wondering where, how we get all these Jin episodes. Why? I mean, this, well, okay, so are, are you wondering about the placement? Yeah, I think it's before, long before Rogue One, right? It would have to be. I mean, it'd have to be, but... And it would have to be after she left Saw Gerrera, or I'm sorry, Saw Gerrera left her. It would have yeah. to be at that time frame. Yeah. And before she gets thrown in jail. Yeah. Or the prison planet. But this was so. another one of those, like like you were saying, where it's, you know, this Chadra fan steals her kyber crystal, but we found out at the end, it was only because she was hungry, and as soon as mm-hmm. Jin gives her a <laughs> Meilun, Meilun run... Everyone, I think it was a melee run. Uh, everyone Something is happy, close. and they're fine. Yeah, yeah. Again, little on the nose. I feel like Jin's episodes have been the weakest in Forces of Destiny overall. 
which is a little unfortunate, but I think maybe they also are constrained by what they can. I don't know. Yeah, I like they should have well, a lot of flexibility before. Rogue yeah, One. you you've got before Rogue One, and probably after she left Saw Gerrera, how much time has passed? Ten, fourteen. Years, how much time like that? is that? And what could they play within that? But within that time frame what kind of story could they tell within the star Wars universe of what she has done? Yeah. That yeah. would be the thing. Cause if she's not part of Saw Gerrera's rebel group and she's not part of the rebellion yet, what kind of story could you tell in that center other than something like this? Because that, yeah. that's why I could see this. Cause this story had absolutely nothing to do with Saw Gerrera's group or rogue one. It was just her on her own. And would you want to see stories like that if there was no connection between the two? I could see where the I, I could see why her storyline at this point is probably the weakest. Yeah, I get it. It's just unfortunate. Yeah. Um, now I thought one that was really cool was the run run. <laughs> this one's hard, Stephen. Run Ray Run. I thought this one this one was fairly strong. I thought. Because she's trying to scavenge something within the Star Destroyer that you see on Natsu, the planet Jakku. Um, and it seems like she's going, it's like a competition between another guy from scavenging. But what I found interesting is what she was trying to pull. Just that one little piece when you yank it basically causes a boatload of that Star Destroyer to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a little bit odd. Like, yeah. You could pick, the, I think, a better piece. Also, I don't know about you guys. I'm really confused by this whole Tito is villain thing that they keep kind of having. <laughs> like, well, villain, villain or competition? I mean, there, there's. In this episode, like... I would, I would argue it's a pretty clear villain. Like, uh-huh. he's got a, he holds a gun to her. Well, uh, true. I don't know. It's just, it's a little bit odd. I never. I yeah. would never have attributed any of this to the character we saw in. Uh, the last, or not the last, right? In Force Awakens. Well, I mean, to be fair, Tito is plural, and there are multiple Titos. Oh, are there really? Yeah, uh, if I remember, I thought Tito was a name. Uh, I think it's like a speed. So, I gotta remember now. I'm, I, if, I, if I'm remembering my visual guide correctly, um, Tito is a collection of, of, uh, yeah. Here we go. They're, they're. Um, uh, they're a group of it's it's a it's a species uh, of, re- of you know oh. reptilian creatures on the planet, and they all call themselves okay, Tito, uh, and they all use you know the basically speak that same the same language. But, this yes, yeah, so each, like each member of the of the, like of the species the... was simply named Tito. There is no distinction between individuals. So maybe there are you know bad. Evil, like I do feel like, yes, that, the Tito. Then I have feel been, much better about that. The Titos have been portrayed as, I think, evil more often than not. But mm. yeah, but I feel less bad about, like, it. It doesn't feel quite as bad to me then. Yeah. Okay. There's a little more nuance in how they're handled because at least there's multiple. Yeah. Okay. It's there are multiple little, Tito. But... <laughs> It wasn't that bad of an episode. Yeah. But I think, I mean, to, to, you know, it, it also showed that Ray, at least, you know, she wasn't going to leave him there to die. And it was kind of cool to see her like jump and miss all the naturally she was going to escape. 
but all the stuff that was falling and have her just slide out of the uh, the the Star Destroyer. You know, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'd love to see even more like earlier in her life, though, or because um, I feel like that's where they have the most flexibility mm-hmm. with what they can show. But, but but a lot of that would be scavenging, and a lot of that would probably just be you know again a competition between other scavengers, that's so true. she can get her her you know one portion or quarter portion. That's true. That's true. And then uh, last but certainly not least, we have Chopper and Friends, uh, where Chopper enlists a pair of Ewoks to help crew the ghost. Uh, they're, they're fighting these stormtroopers, and uh, there's, I think they realize that there's some ties, I think, right? Heading for, uh, I, I get the impression this is right after Return of the Jedi, and there's some ties going to, there's a couple of remaining ties going to take out their friends, and so... Hera and Chopper. Which is really cool, by the way, that we're getting a Hera episode post Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, And in this episode, we we see uh, confirmation for the first time that, yes, Ewoks can indeed pilot uh, or or, or shoot um, the Falcon's turbulence. We've got the Ewok slicer in the last shot, so... That's true. We do have the Ewok But this is the first time we've seen it in uh, in video, you know, on on the... Yeah, the silver screen. This, this, this. Yeah, I think they got lucky though. Bronze screen, I maybe. Think that's coast, yeah, <laughs> they got <laughs> probably. So lucky. It's okay. Yeah. But I feel like that was just a um, kind of aimed at all the people who complained. Why are Ewoks piloting, you know, ships or shooting weapons? They're dumb. It's like, no, they here you go. They can. <laughs> no, okay. they're. I still think they're not particularly smart, but. Okay, but wait a minute. It doesn't Star Wars Battlefront Two have an Ewok, or is this this one of the it, uh, jokes? There's supposed to be an Ewok level in which they're hunting stormtroopers. Oh yes, but they can hunt it. But I think as don't they even say it in the episode that they tend to be better on the ground. Yeah, Hera makes a comment about them being better fighters on the ground. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well. So. But yeah, that was a uh, Force of Destiny season two. There were sixteen episodes. Uh, some, you know, I think the, the wide variety of, of, of characters and styles and, um, uh, you know, some obviously better than others, but mm-hmm. I, I like it. You know, I, I, I wish we had longer, uh, yes. longer episodes and, and more time to really get into the interesting stories, but it's kind of nice how they will fill in little things here and there. Yeah. On the whole, I'm still glad that they're doing Forces of Destiny. It's always mm-hmm. enjoyable to kind of watch them at least once, even if you know they're not my favorite. And it gives us something in between when you don't have a show coming, and you're waiting for yeah. the next one to go. Exactly. So, Absolutely. We do have. It's a good. It's a good film on the way. We got Solo in three weeks. Star Wars Resistance comes this fall. I'm guessing beginning of October. They follow and then the at some pattern. point, somebody's going to make an announcement for Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. We hope. We hope. We hope. So it's, a, it's a good time to be a Star Wars fan, for sure. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. I, we will be back. I think about, that about wraps up this episode. But we'll be back in a couple weeks with our review of Solo, A Star Wars Story. As usual, we'll be doing a spoiler-free review and a spoiler-filled yep. review. So stay tuned and i think everyone is this is probably the the most uh i'd probably argue this is the this is the star wars film the most um interested or apprehensive people have been about a, a star wars film mm-hmm. or eager Absolutely. to see i think how Absolutely. it turns out right rogue one i felt like 
yeah, it's a spinoff, but we all get we all get the plot. We're all excited. Um, obviously, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi had tons of anticipation, but we kind of knew where it was going. Uh, yeah. Solo a Star Wars story is, I think, the fir- is the most, probably most experimental, I'd argue, in terms of style. But oh man, I'm I'm loving the trailers. I'm so excited. This one, this one's gonna yeah. be fun. Yeah, I cannot wait. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.